0: Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of Get Wrecked, the only podcast anywhere in the world where two buds take turns recommending and reviewing some of their favorite pop culture hits, hidden gems, and oddities. I'm your host and resident silly boy Thor, joined today as always by my friend and co-host. Maybe he's going to be the one that saves me, because after all, he is a wonderwall. It's Micah.
1: Hey, how's it going? (laughs) Uh,
0: Pretty good. That's
1: Oasis. Yeah, yeah, right? Okay. All right. You know those guys that are
0: still, like,
1: feuding hating each other? Yeah. Why? Why did they start feuding in the first place?
0: They're Irish, I think. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I, think <they're, laughs> I think they're just an angry uh, lot. Yeah? Okay.
1: I, cool, I guess. I don't know. I don't know much about Oasis. I know that song, and that's actually it
0: yeah they like broke up on their uh unplugged performance on mtv oh they broke up live like pretty much like the the original lead singer because they're brothers yeah he basically walked off and got all pissy and then his brother ended up doing the songs and performing since he had left oh okay well I, I think that's the basics of the story. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's amazing when things don't work and
1: you want them to work, but they're just not working. Speaking of, Brinker. <laughs> hey, how's it going?
2: Glad I'm, to, <laughs> I'm here again.
1: Glad to have you back,
2: man. I know, right?
1: Uh, do you know why Oasis broke up?
2: No idea. Uh, I really don't give a crap about Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> no. oh, I, I know, isn't it one of them called like Noel something?
0: Yeah, it's Noel and Liam Gallagher. Noel
2: and Liam, that's right, Gallagher. Yeah. yeah. Oh, then yeah. they are Irish because, uh, I, like, I know for a hot second there, the internet would not shut up about Noel and Liam Gallagher. Just what? whatever, like, Noel eats lunch at this cafe and he knows <laughs> it's his brother's favorite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they legitimately. I heard an interview from like a couple months ago where they asked one of them because you know what I I think it's also they get asked about it constantly. Like, Mm -hmm. are you still feuding? Where do you stand? (laughs) Because that's the only interesting thing about them. So of course they're always (laughs) asked about it.
2: Well, and like in eighty percent of like the British news media is just gossip. Like they you you like you'll have a newspaper that's called like the independent tribunal herald and like everyone's making uh or is like has like a pension and like or they act like it's some sort of like sacred hall of justice but in actuality it's just them like a bunch of old guys gossiping about someone's some teenage pop stars uh, breast size it's their buzzfeed <laughs> yeah basically yeah, yeah. okay well yeah.
0: but yeah they're they're still feuding like, and still just talking mad shit about each I
1: mean, other. Good for them. It's
0: pretty hilarious. Good
1: for them for holding on to a grudge and not quitting on your morals. Yeah. If res- that's what they're doing. That's- yeah, I, re- I respect you. <laughs> You're making a lot of assumptions here. <laughs> uh, so, Brinker, last time you were with us, yep. um, people might be thinking, Brinker's been here before. Technically, you haven't heard Brinker's voice. It's because last time we had Brinker, mm-hmm. all hell went loose. So we're we got, giving it a we, try again
2: We got like 40 minutes into the, uh, recording a lovely conversation that I was thoroughly enjoying Yeah, <laughs> it was a
1: good conversation
2: um, that About what we're about to talk to, uh, to, what we're about to speak to today Yeah um, And then uh, gonna call out Adobe for being crap uh, Adobe like wrecked all the files and stuff, didn't it?
1: Yeah, I think it was Mike's computer Well, yeah, but it was on Adobe, so I'm gonna blame Adobe
2: Because speaking of
1: licensing, like for site licensing,
2: I'll still hold a grudge on that. Speaking as an IT systems administrator, I'm more inclined to trust Microsoft's hardware division as opposed to Adobe's software division. (laughs) Just saying.
1: I can tell you that we have had many crashes of Adobe Illustrator in Uh my time
2: in my classroom. Yep.
1: Many, many crashes. Yep, yep, yep. So to the point where our IT professionals not the IT school classes but the IT professionals of the school mm-hmm.
2: knew a handful of my students by first name.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. God, I yeah. remember
2: I remember using Illustrator in high school and it wasn't that it wasn't that bad. I mean it's no it, it's not it, ha- it feels like it's gotten worse. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think or no it, 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 never mind. Ignore me. I was uh, I was going to bring up the fact that like there there probably is still some code in Adobe various Adobe products especially older ones like Illustrator or Photoshop that probably does reach all the way back to the 90s. That'd be wild to see, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I mean
0: the program we use for editing and the you know the program that crashed mm-hmm. is virtually the exact same program. It just the newer version just looks nicer.
2: Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what they want you to think.
0: It runs it runs, it runs better <laughs> I mean, as well. Let me, let me give mean, you
2: the insider's scoop on software sure, development. I
0: don't understand anything about computers, so mm-hmm. please mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, insider, insider scoop of software developer. Every software developer is a hack fraud, and t- and it's like giving it's like giving a job to the world's laziest college student that will take every possible shortcut in order to ship on time. I say this even with my girlfriend being a software developer.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a bunch of fucking eggheads to me.
1: <laughs> I don't trust them. So is it that they have like deadlines to hit and have to yes. make it like let's just fit, patch it to make it work type like of thing?
2: it. Uh, it, it it's it's multifaceted. Like every software developer is uh, in of themselves a unique individual. Like sometimes you have people that know too much. Sometimes you have people that know too little. Sometimes you have people that refuse to wear shoes in the office. Uh, like one of the people that I had to work with when I was down in North Carolina on <laughs> business. <laughs> Oh, okay. That sounds like my type of people. Uh, you say that, but I don't know. I think it takes a special kind of stupid person to refuse to wear shoes at a printing press company. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> at a printing press company, with with the warehouse built into the I office. Mean, it sounds like a particular type of people. Like a, you know, there's probably a wide ranging spectrum of them. I don't know.
2: <laughs> keyword, keyword spectrum. I see. <laughs> yeah, you're probably onto something. <laughs> I can say that because I'm, I don't know, I've been accused of being autistic myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Not that that's something that's accusatory. That's, that's, it's, it's completely normal and healthy, and everyone's uh, sure. perspectives are valid. Agreed. Don't yeah. want to get anyone canceled.
1: Just don't wear, I mean, wear shoes mm-hmm. in a place where there's machinery. Wear mm-hmm. shoes everywhere, except the disagree. comfort, the beach hard, or hard the disagree. comfort
0: of your own home. Hard disagree. Maybe
1: at a park. I take walks through my neighborhood barefoot. That's fine. You are a brave Actually, man.
0: <laughs> anywhere outside, no shoes. I don't care. Go okay. nuts. All right. If you're indoors and it's not your own home, keep them locked up. Speaking, I mean, you know there's you know,
2: like there's a lot of animal pee outside, right? Yes. And you're cool with walking through that, huh?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, it makes you stronger.
2: I take showers, my feet are very
0: calloused. You're not eating with your feet. So yeah. what's the matter?
2: Yeah. I mean, what happens if you you know that's true. Could I, be in a car accident. I could
1: have to eat with my feet. Yeah. Yeah, but then I'll have to be barefoot so that I can eat, and then I won't be wearing shoes anyway. I think they have, like, foot gloves that they'll use. Oh, interesting.
2: Because you don't want to be too calloused, otherwise, because then you're, like, putting, like, something that's rough and sandy <laughs> on your face when you're trying to, like, eat a steak or something. Oh,
1: yeah. What if you have to, like, wipe barbecue sauce yeah, off? Yeah, all was... right. Have
0: you seen the video? There's a girl. Uh, I don't know if she's a viral star or just, like, kind of a viral niche person that I happen to find. She has no arms, mm-hmm. and she mukbangs with her feet oh what is
1: mukbang?
0: it's where you just like shove food in your mouth like a pig it's it's and a recording it I think put it on from,
2: YouTube yeah I think it's like a Chinese meme influencer thing where like so their social media influencers will just sit down with like these huge buffets of food and it's like a it's like a show thing oh and just eat like anime boys I guess like, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like yeah yeah goku yeah yeah basically <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> Uh, there's there's one guy in particular who's who does it uh, in a, here in America I think or somewhere I think his name's like Nico Avocado and he is if you look him up online his his life is like a Greek tragedy where like he started initially just his, like many young people wanted to be famous and then like now he's gained like two hundred pounds his <laughs> like he has like Good. cardiac arrhythmia Good. and like his doctors like begging him to stop he's like but this is how I sustain myself and I have no marketable Skills. I'm so miserable <laughs> It's awful I can't God. stop muck-banging oh, It's stinks. my life
1: uh, why, why is it called muck-banging?
2: I, I think it means something in
1: Chinese <laughs> Okay, that's fair um, Okay, well, that sounds ridiculous Let's get on to <laughs> Speaking of ridiculous <laughs> yeah. things Let's get on to a ridiculous movie from the 1960s Yes We're gonna jump into
0: Playtime By... Gosh, I can't ever remember. Jacques his is name.
1: Tati? Yes, Jacques Tati. Jacques Tati.
0: Hey, folks, make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show, you can contact us directly via email. Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to send us some feet pics. You creep, I don't know what you're into. I don't care. We'll review those, too. What do you think of that, huh? In any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Uh, interestingly
2: enough, I read I did some more reading up on him since the last time I was here. Apparently, despite the fact that he has like a very stereotypical French name and is kind of synonymous with French culture at this point, descended from Italian and Russian immigrants. Oh, so not French at all? Not French at all. <laughs> I mean, all of Western Europe. And, and here's here's the dirty secret of Western Europe: everyone's from everywhere, and all that old world racism is stupid.
0: <laughs> no, he's definitely from France, right? Because I did a little bit of digging.
2: I mean, he's born in France, but his parents aren't from Oh, France. okay, okay, gotcha. So, you. like, his like, lineage is not yeah.
0: French. Gotcha, okay. So, I was gonna say, he definitely fought for the French in mm-hmm. World War II.
2: Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, cause like Well, the, he was
0: conscripted.
2: His, okay. um, I, his, <laughs>
0: he was an artist. I imagine he wasn't, like, signing up. Like, super he, thrilled about it. Yeah, I'm
2: trying to remember. Um, yeah, because, like, w- he... The first movie he did, Jour de Fate or Feta or however you say it in yeah. French, um, he specifically filmed that in the village where he kinda like after France's involvement in the war was no more, um, he kinda just hid out in like a rural village. Just, you know, and doing whatever it is a French person that doesn't want to be a Nazi does. Um, And that's where he chose to film that first movie was that like that village and just a bunch of the people like extras in that movie were just random villagers that have just lived there for their entire lives. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Just all trying to not be Nazis. Yeah,
0: Yeah. he was part of the kind of towards the end, like right before the Germans took over, like Mm. his battalion ended up retreating. As the Germans were marching north and essentially trying to like encircle hmm. uh, the Allied forces at that point, shortly after that, like the armistice was signed, and well, we can tell know, someone's a French recent Geek? father
2: uh, having having knowledge of <laughs> <Dude>. historical <laughs> battles and tactics. Dude, I
0: get I get such a history boner for World War Two.
1: Uh uh-huh. <laughs> As you should, as you should. I saw a video on YouTube where they were like, you know, they didn't call the First World War World War One; they called
2: it the Great War. Yeah,
1: and people were like. What? Because <laughs> you don't they don't think that you don't yeah. plan for that. <laughs> but it's a bunch of like Gen Xers uh, and they're like, yeah, because there wasn't a second world War mm-hmm. to call it World War One. they're like, oh, it's kind of wild. yeah, kind of wild where we're at. But anyway,
2: so yeah, so Jacques, Tati. Yes. Did he write and direct this? Yes, he did. And acted in it as well. He is. Um, I, I'm trying to remember. OK, where, where, where should we start? Should, I, should, should we start with the movie or should I start? Let's just with...
0: pretend we never had a conversation before. Impossible.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So, yeah. So uh, th- this movie was made in 1967 by Jacques Tati. Um, this is his third feature. No, fourth. Fourth feature film. He did three before this. Uh, Jure de Fate, uh, Monsieur Hulot's Holiday, uh, Mon Uncle or M- My Uncle. Yeah. Uh, and then he did this, Playtime. And then he did two movies after this uh, for, that were kind of like for television broadcasts. Like this this was kind of the thing that like both simultaneously made and broke his career.
1: Yeah, because it was pricey, yeah? Like, oh, it was one like, of the most
2: expensive movies ever made at the time. That's why. why. It took 10 years to film. Oh, my gosh. Uh, what?
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't read that. I, I was. I did a little bit of research in it. I didn't read that. It did. I did read that it fully bankrupted him, though.
2: Yep. Yep. Huh. Uh, he also shot it on 70 millimeter film, which uh, you film buffs out there might know that is the same size stock as IMAX, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> that's so insane. That makes Why? sense because
0: it looks
1: so beautiful. It does look beautiful.
2: Well, so if you think about and we'll get into like some of the the specifics on this, but think about just how much stuff is happening on the every single frame of this movie. Sure. You need that fidelity to, to get some of like the background happenings across.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Thinking about what like when the time period was that this came out mm-hmm. and other movies that came out around the same time. It is quite a bit of a difference. Oh yeah! Just now that you mentioned that, it hadn't really occurred to me, but
2: I can see it now that you see it. I mean, it's it's something that like outside of like a, like a scientific film for IMAX Day, you, like you're right, you you like you'll you'll see uh, what is it like Chris Nolan and Quentin Tarantino trumpeting like, oh, well, I filmed it on 70 millimeter because that's that's what the real film buffs like, and it's the only way to truly appreciate. Kurt Russell's giant pock-ridden face <laughs> taking up a, a theater the size of a skyscraper. Suck it,
0: Kurt Russell.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh God! No, no, he's still alive. he will come for me. <laughs> but, uh, but, like, no, like that's that's not what the point of like. You don't really need that level of fidelity for most movies. Like, sure. Like you, we. I mean, yes, we would like it, like, you know, in a perfect world. I mean, in a perfect world, we have digital recording now. So that's like, you know, 4K, 8K Mm -hmm. and even higher. Like that's even more detailed than what 70 millimeter was ever capable of. So now it's just kind of like available to everyone by default now. Yeah, I think it's kind of wild that we it seems like
1: the recording capabilities that we have as far as the fidelity, the the clarity of it is so much higher Mm -hmm. than what a lot of people have in their home. Oh, 100 percent. Like, that's just kind of nuts to me that I, I don't know where is the disconnect there where like, um, oh, we can record this now, but Vizio hasn't decided to catch up or is it just a they can't make it affordable for people?
2: It's it's that. Yeah. So like 4K TVs are starting to get afford, like just starting to get affordable now and even still only because uh, electric electronics companies have started like data mining everyone's televisions because they're all like. Wi-Fi smart connected appliances now. Yeah. Um, but like the sheer amount of processing power that you need to like render a 4k signal is not insignificant. Like j- just even if you look at like streaming sticks, right? Let's use Roku for example. I'm, okay. I'm a big Roku guy. Sure. It's, it's doubly funny cause I work for Amazon and I absolutely hate all of our streaming devices cause they're <laughs> garbage. <laughs> you, you can quote me on that. But, um, the cheapest model Roku is like 15 20 bucks and it can do 1080p just fine the first Roku that can do 4K i think is literally twice the cost oh wow and and you're log, and, the, and that that's a consider that it's a subsidized piece of hardware because they are also data mining what you're doing on their device hmm. so it's i'm trying to remember When like the first time I tried to run something in 4k on my computer and like my CP, it basically maxed out my CPU, just playing back a video and like accurately reproducing the film grain. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was like street fighter, the movie out of (laughs) all
1: that's. That's enough to tank Worth your computer. It. Yeah, well,
2: yeah. I mean, this mind you, this was also like 10, 15 years ago. So now we have things like video, like your video card can help you decode and do. There's, there's a bunch of other things that that make it easier. But like, it's it still requires an amount of effort in order to play that stuff back and have a TV that's capable of playing it and ha- and care about the wires because because uh, like a lot of uh, old HDMI cables and stuff, they're not good enough to, oh, to play it yeah. back. So it's 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 a lot it's a lot more thought than your average consumer probably wants to you know, put up with. Yeah. You don't want to buy new wires. Yeah, exactly. It's like
1: you, you've got an HDMI cord already. What it's it's fine.
2: Brinker hot tech tip. Uh, when you buy a new TV or monitor, use the cables that come with it. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, but no, we're not here to talk about tech tips. We're talking, we're we're talking about French cinema. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So this one we described, or I described kind of like a, it's a where's Waldo film. Mm -hmm. There's just so many things going on in every single scene.
2: It's insane, um, and and like I'm actually very interested uh, in your guys's opinions of like what, how do like tell me like walk me through your feelings the first from the first time you watched this movie because I find it's it's very like it's very interesting to hear like how people react to just the, the the assault on the senses that is this movie. Oh, dude! The first time I watched it, it gave me anxiety hmm. because I saw
1: the. The airport scene. And the very first thing that I noticed was the nuns little hat, Mm -hmm. like wings flapping. Yep. And I thought, that's weird. And then it's just presented without comment. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just happened like this. This whole movie is without comment. Like there's nothing that says, hey, pay attention to this. Mm -hmm. It's just you're a fly on the wall in a scenario and you're just got to look like, you know, it's up to you to catch it. So when I saw that, I thought, okay, that's weird. There are little things in this movie now that I have to pay attention to. So I almost became hyper-focused mm-hmm. to try and catch as much as I could. I kind of hated it at first. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then like about halfway through the movie, I just had to stop with that mindset. I'm like, you know what? Whatever I catch, I'll catch. Yep. That's how I treated um, snorkeling in Hawaii. Uh-huh. Yep. yep. That's uh, – we went – snorkeling with people who were practically fish we went into like this i don't know this stupid beautiful area where the water is clear 60 feet down and we were gonna go swimming with dolphins which to me i think okay i'm gonna be like in a confined area and oh, God, swimming no. with no nope. do- nope. not at nope. all that's not the case it's like they sent us to a lake where they dropped dolphins in and, but it's a massive freaking lake. And they're like, here, good luck. Try
0: not to get raped by well, a dolphin. Yeah. So, so they're,
1: <laughs> they're swimming through, like they're jumped off the boat and they're like, all right, the dolphins are this way. And they're just, you know, mermaids swimming through the water, mm-hmm. our tour guides. And I'm not a great swimmer. I've never liked the ocean or large bodies of water. It's my greatest fear. So I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm and swimming. you chose to do this. No, my wife chose to do
2: this <laughs> and she did this knowing this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, suck it up and I'll be like, all right, I'll just, you know, not die. That's, yeah, that's you can't my, deny
0: your wife swimming with dolphins. Yeah, especially. It doesn't matter what fear you have.
1: Yeah, and it's <sighs> it's also our honeymoon. too. Yeah. So so like we're there. And basically, she's under the mindset of, we're going to watch these beautiful animals. Mm -hmm. I'm under the mindset of, survive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If I survive, it's a success for me. So, I follow the people swimming, and I'm not very good, so I'm much slower. And by the time I get to where they were, they're somewhere else in the lake. Oh, God. Following the dolphins. Uh Uh-huh. And so, I follow them to point number two. They're gone by the time I get there. did it like three times. And then eventually, I just stopped and I said, I'm just going to look down. And whatever is below me, I'm going to be happy with that result. Honestly, that's
2: a really healthy way to take that.
0: <laughs> and that's the approach that I took with this film.
2: I basically... Survive.
0: <laughs> no, no, that's kind of perfect because this film does exactly that thing where it's like, okay, you follow it here and then it's like, wait, where did it go? What is happening? Okay, now I got to swim over here. And then it's like, wait, no, it took another turn. Yeah. And it's never oh, really... Yeah. Like you basically just described the cubicle scene where yep. he's oh yeah. he's the, just the, chasing the, the entire the first guy act through really, the cubicle yeah yeah
1: I wasn't sure who to follow at the beginning like I kind of thought that it was uh, what was the guy's name the the character that you oh, played whoo Mister Yeah I kind of recognized him but it also didn't help that other people were dressed very similar to him yes and that threw me off. As well, and I guess that was on purpose.
2: Uh, so one of the things well actually, well and yeah, one of the things that um that we brought up last time is so like since this was his fourth film, the the character of Monsieur Hulot had been in two films prior to this and was like a huge standout success. Monsieur Hulot's vacation was like I'm trying to think of like a modern example of like a like a movie franchise built on a character. Like Would it be like a Pink Panther scenario? Kind of Mike yeah. Meyer uh Austin Powers? Austin Powers. Yeah, like so. This, this it's kind of like imagine if like if Mike Myers did Austin pa- two Austin Powers movies, and then for Goldmember got really angry that pe- people kept wanting to see him as Austin Powers, and decided to make a movie an Austin Powers movie that specifically did not feature Austin Powers. <laughs> it, it, I believe his exact his exact quote was, "I want to make the movie about everybody." and the logic of this was like Monsieur Hulot he's just he's basically just kind of like a doofy straight guy yeah the the comedy with with hulot doesn't come from hulot it comes from his interactions with society and other people that are either sometimes they're more intelligent or more capable than him and other times they're not so like and and like that gives and takes. So like Hulot is nothing without people to kind of like reflect off of, and he wanted to to make to show the world basically like no like there's more to to there's more to entertainment and life than just this weird old guy with an umbrella walking around Paris. Like look look at everything else that's going on. <laughs> okay,
1: yeah, that makes sense. I mean because it's so distracting and disorienting. I mean I I was not familiar with anything about. The director or this character. So I went into this blind and, as often is the case, without any context. So I wasn't exactly sure what to expect at all. I was not expecting this mm-hmm. at all. Thor, what about you?
0: You know what threw me the most about this hmm. is his use of sound hmm. and the fact that oftentimes the dialogue is almost inaudible, it's so quiet. Uh, there 's ne- there's never any close ups there's not a single close up the entire film i don 't think i mean maybe but
2: yeah i don't i don't think you you never see someone like where it 's just their head like it, it, you don't zoom into like that that portrait profile that you yeah. see for for a lot of like dramas and where when a character is is like talking or delivering a monologue yeah or-
0: exactly that fly on the wall analogy is perfect and Audio-wise, it does it, too, where the, the conversations, sometimes they'll be louder and sometimes they'll be quieter. It's almost as if, like, it's not for you. Like, you are just happen to be there. Yeah. Right? Um, and also, like, specifically the scene where they're at the apartments and you're just you're like looking into the apartments, you're looking into the scene. Oh yeah,
2: and you don't even hear the conversations that are happening inside the apartments because you're outside on the street. Yeah,
0: it's like 10 minutes of just street noises. (laughs) And for whatever reason, it's like, hooked and I'm like hooked and fascinating watching it
2: it it kind of triggers your your um your voyeur instinct a little bit, doesn't it like kind of like a rear window thing where you're like you feel like, ooh, should I be seeing this yeah <laughs> yeah and they even play with that in that scene too where where the guy like after um he dismisses his family and hulo from like the litter he starts taking off his coat and tie to oh, kind yeah. of like unwind at the day, and then you look in the apartment next cause they 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 did this whole thing where like these these conjoined apartments have televisions built into the walls like and it's the same wall for both apartments Mm -hmm. so one apartment is looking to the left and the other one is looking to the right and then if you but you when you're looking from the street you can't see the televisions because they're in the wall so it just looks like these two groups of people just staring at each other and having conversations and like what and the way that the film is that scene is paced that Like one room is reacting to the other room based on what's happening. Yeah. So w- when, when the guy shuts off the TV and starts like unwinding, he starts he starts like taking his clothes off. And there's just one woman left in the other room. And she's kind of like leaning forward. <laughs> be Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give it to me, daddy. <laughs>
1: yeah. This this film was very clever. I think that that's a pretty apt description. It was like subtle slapstick cleverly done to me. It was,
2: I think, probably too clever for me. I would, I would like if I my my biggest criticism of this movie is that it's smarter than any most like viewers of media have any appreciation for. Like, like when I heard this movie flopped, I'm like, of course it flopped. It it (laughs) flopped for the same reason that Police Squad is no like only lasted like six episodes in a season. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Like, the comedy of it, though, I think is actually, like, I enjoyed a lot of it. Mm -hmm. A lot of it felt like right out of Curb Your Enthusiasm, Mm. Larry David-style humor. Like, you get the squishy chair. Yes. Which, that could just be the title of a Seinfeld episode. The squishy chair, right? Like, that's the premise for a Seinfeld episode, is like, I went into this room, and this square— this. Chair was squishy. Yeah, and me and this guy sat in squished chairs together. The yeah. lady, when she's like, all she's trying to do is just get a picture of this flower oh, yes. stand. Yeah, oh, yeah. She's like, <laughs> "Oh, this is perfect. This is so French." And then everybody <laughs> just keeps walking in her way. Like
2: the, the the American teens with like the fucking oh sorry, you're fine. The no, the Letterman's jacket. Away. All right, yeah. the fucking Letterman's <laughs> jackets. Um, the uh, the Japanese like businessman, oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> apologetic. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff My all time. My favorite part of this movie, though, is obviously the restaurant scene is where, like, the film as a whole kind of hits this fever pitch where it's just full on anxiety. Mm -hmm. And it feels like I don't know if this part is intentional, but it feels like what it feels like working in a restaurant. Right. They're opening this night where it's just everybody like it just feels like madness. Everybody has a fire that they're putting out. Sure. Uh, Meanwhile, the people are just laughing and having a good time and they don't even realize all the crazy stuff that's going on behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. And you get the guy who. He's a waiter standing outside and all the waiters keep ripping their clothes <laughs> yes. and come on they're like give me your shoe i need to change shoes with you give me come, your pants he, i need to change pants and he
2: comes you. back in looking just like a homeless bum i was so surprised at the end of that whole bit that like that that there, that he didn't get like there that, that the punchline was not that like a policeman walks up
1: yeah, and mistakes and him for pro- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was expecting that too
0: so yeah. that and then the door breaks oh my gosh dude i don't know what's so fucking hilarious about this but that door breaks <laughs> and the guy just keeps holding the handle acting like he's opening the door as people walk through yep.
1: <laughs> and gathering tips from people too yep. I, like, I he's like hey, hey. And there was one guy that walked past him he didn't get a tip so he ran in front of him and held the handle of the door in front of him again <laughs> <laughs> to get a tip it's such a good bit Yeah, <laughs> it, it was hysterical and then he started doing the bit in the coat rack entryway And people just started walking in. There was a lot of like the crowd in this was oblivious to things happening
2: well and so that scene in particular you can kind of I, I love I love like the, the the kind of subtle social criticism that happens here um, where like when the when the restaurant first opens it's nothing but like stuffy rich people and like fine dining and like mm. oh opening night at this new elite restaurant or whatever um, but then like as more and more things go wrong the um, you know the, the the people start to like dance and they're a little liquored up so like they, you have like people start to fall over and get a little too drunk and the bouncer starts chuck them out yeah but right around that time too is when the door breaks and just random drunks from off the street start (laughs) getting captured by the neon sign outside and getting and getting let in and and the bouncer tries to like throw all them up but eventually there's like he can no longer tell the difference between the drunk rich people and the drunk commoners from off the street (laughs) so it's just like a wild rager of a party (laughs) it honestly sounds like a good time I would have loved to be in that room oh god
1: same it'd be so much fun
0: Dude, so something interesting I read about this is that he had to build a whole like a a whole building to for these sets. Mm. Like it wasn't just that he went to a movie studio. Like he yeah, had to like he built build- an
2: actual restaurant, basically.
0: Yeah, because the sets were so huge. Additionally, there were so many. They needed so many extras for the scenes. There are just. Cardboard cutouts of people in the film.
2: I was waiting for someone... In, in to, the
0: background. So Wait,
2: did, what? Did I, did, you, I
0: did not notice it. I, I was about to
2: ask. So did, who, did either I've of you notice on the it. first go? No. no. Did you notice on the second... Did you? Was there a second go for either of you? No. I, I watched the restaurant scene again. Okay.
0: I could not watch it again. Okay. I just... That's fine. I got a, <laughs> no two mon- a two-month-old <laughs> baby, and I was yep. like, I can't find time for Com- it. Completely
2: so. understand. Yeah. But yeah, so... And, and I, I I knew about that on my first watch because I uh, I got the recommendation for this movie from uh, a YouTuber of all people. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if either of you know who video game Donkey is. Oh, I love Donkey. Yeah, so like, a re- a re- like he he typically just does like little weird vignettes about video games, but then just like, I was during COVID, I think, and on lockdown, YouTube recommended the, the like the, the video to me. I clicked. I'm like, oh, I like Donkey. No, this doesn't look like a video game. I'm curious what he has to say. Yeah, and he just goes on for like ten minutes about like how this is like a great piece of cinema, <laughs> and that's, it's so great. That's so weird that he would be it's so bizarre. Yeah, because he's he's
1: normally like finding video games, playing the new ones that come out, but then also kind of joking and making fun of them a little bit when they glitch and freak out. So it's, I don't know. He's a very sarcastic YouTuber. Yeah.
2: But like a lot of his humor comes from like the minutia of things. Like you said, yes. finding like picking up and nitpicking little things and blowing them up in these huge like molehill into a mountain scenarios, yeah. which perfectly makes sense that he would like this movie. Yeah. But he called that out. And so like the first time I was watching, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess there are. Um, because originally I thought it was mannequins. And then on like my second and third viewings, I started noticing more. I'm like, well, are they mannequins? No. they. Are. And to Thor's point. Yeah. They're, no, they're, they're actually cardboard cutouts and it wasn't until my fourth viewing <laughs> i've watched this this might be one of my top 5 movies of like all time really like, yeah like i have fallen in deep deep love with this movie <laughs> okay. which is, all right i which makes me really excited to be here to talk to you two about it just I, because like i like You can't talk to anybody else, probably. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I no, because I've already talked to them. Uh, I've already 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 talked. Everybody's like, shut up about this movie. We've seen it.
0: It's long. It's anxiety inducing. We get it. I'm like no, but you don't understand you them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you don't get my, the
0: minutia. Yeah.
2: So here, here's a, here's an interesting thing that I noticed. Um, so there, this movie kind of is on a scale where, like you like you said, you start out in the airport, but it, you don't know it's an airport like right off the bat. You're kind of like, is it an airport? Is it a hospital? Is it like an office building? Where are we? I don't know anything. It's gray. It's hostile looking. It's mm-hmm. a lot of like brutal angles and concrete and glass. Yeah. Uh, very inhospitable, arguably. Yeah. Yeah. No color anywhere. either. Yeah. Um, and then, like you see off in the distance, there's just a bunch of people and you notice that like some people aren't moving in the background. So you're like, are those people mannequins? And then like one person that looks to be like in a glass box moved. And then you're <laughs> like, is the mannequin moving or is that person just trapped in a glass <laughs> yeah. box? Um, so like it's already playing with your your perceptions right out the gate and mm-hmm. then but as the time or as the as time moves forward in this movie there, and there's the whole like airport to like office building and like streets of Paris uh stuff where they they show like commuters and cars and stuff there are a lot of cutouts and it, it act the amount of cutouts in the background just to fill like the, you know, the back sets or whatever it does grow. And it, it almost comes to like a fever pitch at the very end, right before the sun goes down and we have the apartment scenes oh, to the okay. point where like that bus where Hulo kind of get, is getting off, like with uh, the, the people from the trade show. Yeah. I want to say like half of the people on that bus are actually cardboard cutouts. Oh my gosh! And at, the, at that point, you're just so desensitized to seeing it, you, and like you're you've you've already kind of trained yourself to like just go where the the, the motion is, like a T Rex trying to figure out what's happening. <laughs> yeah. well, you don't even notice. I do notice because there's That's also so
0: such a great bit there mm-hmm. where the guy is like he thinks he's grabbing onto the grab bar on a bus, yes. and it's really just a lamp that <laughs> <Yes>. somebody's carrying.
2: <laughs> Why is that so funny? I don't know, but like it's, it's, I, I, I suspect it's funny because like it's the same reason why Seinfeld is funny, why the show about nothing is funny. Why, like, why is a squishy chair funny? Probably because everyone at some point has encountered a chair that is either too squishy or not squishy enough, and it has defied our expectations, and it's just rubbed us the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yes. you're like, you think about that chair for, like, the rest of the day. Like, what was up with, like, was it a different foam? Like, Why what, was it so squishy? Why <laughs> was it, it, it was noisy, too. Like, why did it have, it wasn't a fart, but it was like a rough fart. Like, I don't. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there is a
1: lot of that. I think that, um, I just wish I could catch more of it. But I also, admittedly, don't know if I want to watch it again. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, like, I get that. There's so much because I, I feel like there's so much more that I haven't gotten. Mm-hmm. Like just just watching it. But at the same time, I think for me is it requires full attention. Yes. And so I can't I can't like can't multitask. Yeah, like I can't. I mean, you can, but you're gonna miss so much stuff. Oh my gosh! I was rewinding. I would be like making dinner and Mm -hmm. I have it on my tablet watching it. Yeah. And I'd like cut up some onions. I'd turn. We're in a completely different scene with, I don't know who any of these people are.
2: And there's no, there's no dialogue to tell you like, Oh, there's probably a scene transition coming up.
1: (laughs) So I've like got to back up 30 seconds. I'm like, Oh, okay. So that's how we got here. Mm -hmm. I had to do that a lot. The first time watching it, even like if I, there was a part where Ashley, my wife came and asked me a question about something. I turned, I talked to her, I turned back, I don't know what's going on anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, follow-up question and things like that. So, it just, um, it was a little bit jarring. But, so I know that there's more that I would love to catch.
2: Oh, and, and full disclosure, um, so I, I I watched it for, or I watched it for my fourth time on our first attempt, okay, I watched it again over the weekend. Oh man, um, and introduced somebody else to the movie too, okay. Uh, just because you know, why not? Yeah, of course. Um, showing number five, I'm still picking up on stuff that's so wild. And I, I said that the last conversation yeah. we had too, and like, I'm still, it's, it's, I can't, I don't know if words can, can are conveying <laughs> to the audience just how insane this movie
0: is. Well, yeah. I think part of this is because we've already recorded this conversation a little like a good bit of it. It's like for folks, if you so the basic premise of this film is like there's just a guy that I don't even know. It's hard <laughs> to even describe the premise because well, it like, starts like, on a guy the, walking around an office building trying to have a meeting and then it kind of transitions to him hanging out with friends in an apartment that night and then ending up at a restaurant. But the thing is, it's not really about the guy. Not at all. It's just these wide shot scenes of people just experiencing different things, just like experiencing life. They're at a restaurant or they're at a trade show or they're just a million people walking around this, weird room full of cubicles.
2: Yeah, and when like and I would even argue that Hulo's not even like the the protagonist. I would argue the the uh the lady in the green dress oh. from the tourist group is, is actually... is he, she's more of a protagonist than Hulo is arguably. Yeah, her for name for was sure. Barbara, right? I yes, think I think that's right. Dude,
0: Barbara is awesome. Oh, Barbara's great. Because I don't know if it's subtle or not so subtle, but there's this thing that's happening because it's these American tourists in Paris Mm -hmm. and everybody is trying to wrangle them. They're like, okay, all you walk in a straight file line and letters B through M, you're going to be going here and but the thing is, Barbara just keeps wandering off and she's like, I want to take a picture of this perfect floor. Like she just keeps yeah. wandering off and doing her own thing. She, she wants
2: she wants to experience Paris. And like the, the whole first segment of this movie is kind of showing it it's kind of being a little bit melancholic about it, too. Like how there is no more Paris. Yeah. Like everywhere. Like the, the criticism is like, you know, the like the, the post World War II industrial boom has kicked off modern architecture is is paving the way we're building skyscrapers where there used to be cafes, and everywhere looks the same now, yeah
1: yeah, and there's there's not even. Uh, like the only time that you see the Eiffel Tower, for example, is in the reflection of a door. Right. As the door's opening and closing. Yep. And and they kind of touch base on that, too, with the different posters that you see where it's... Oh, yeah. Like, I love those posters. It's, like got the monuments of, yeah. of, of the, the posters. Of like
2: Spain and yeah. the United... Even the United States, which, was, which for some reason our monument is just a child playing with a toy. Well,
0: <laughs> that seems... Accurate Yeah So
2: But then in front of all of them Are just Massive buildings
1: That are like Covering up 80% of them And
2: it's the same building
0: In
1: every (laughs)
2: single poster Yeah
1: yeah, there was a lot of social commentary on that and I I kind of enjoyed that.
2: Um a, a lot of his uh, Tati's movies actually are criticism or commentary on of that sort of thing. Uh Jour de Fate toys with that a little bit with like uh the 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 story of like the postman. I'm not going to go into detail, but like he tink- he tinkers with that there and ma, Mon Oncle really really like drives that home. That entire movie is nothing but like we are destroying our heritage to build these empty, vacuous spaces that don't have like a soul.
0: Shoots. <laughs> you know who would love these films? <laughs> who? The guy from Cake. Of course. <laughs> oh yeah, he would. It's just he, as far as uh, he would. <sighs> but, he hates commercialism.
2: He does. Uh, who doesn't? But um I mean probably <laughs> advertising majors, but <laughs> But no, like um and to go kind of back a little bit, like the reason why I think that Barbara's like arguably the protagonist is because it, it, it kind of dials back to the re- I it took me like I think end of 3 maybe midway through the fourth viewing for me to finally understand why I love this movie so much. Okay. And it's it's two things. One, I I travel a lot for work. I, I may have stated before. I work for Amazon. Sure, they they. I'm I'm an IT guy. I I help them like stand up new buildings. So if you want to stop capitalism, all you gotta do is just assassinate me in the street.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Single handedly, that we'll do yeah, it. We're gonna, that'll, po- that'll we're it. gonna post uh, his his daily schedule in the episode description. Yeah. So don't worry, yeah. folks. You look me up on get, Zillow. You'll get good. your chance. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but no, so I I, I before COVID and. To a certain degree, also still, I, I travel, I used to travel like on like a monthly basis. And what what do you do when you are in like a, an unfamiliar place to pass the time? Like some people will just sit in the hotel, so other people will like, you know, go out and do stuff i like to go out and do stuff and i like to people watch like i'm in a street photography i like to just walk okay. around take in the sights try and get a feel for like what what is this like what makes this place different from other places sure um so i'm used to like having that very comforting feeling of background noise of just conversations happening that like gotcha. you kind of like dip in a little bit here like oh that person just went to a wedding or oh that person doesn't like appreciate the way Becky's looking at her man <laughs> um, It was very interesting Cause like To, to have that, Or to go uh, Down to Mexico Where all of the Background conversations Were in Spanish Oh yeah And I have never felt More alone in my entire life Yeah <laughs> <laughs> But um, but no. So like, like the, the this movie accurately portrays the experience of what it is like to just bumble into a town or a place you have never been before. You have no idea what's going on. I see, like so, like initially when you're there, the the first place you, you hit is the airport, mm-hmm. and it's it's all like all airports were built in like the same post World War industrial boom, so they all have this real ultra modern like architecture to them. So they're they're already kind of like off putting and and cold and unfeeling. And then just the the process of air travel itself. will just hammer that home the rest of the way for you. Yeah. And then while you're like walking around, you're like, okay, I see like everyone's working, everyone's doing their own thing. I feel kind of out of place. But then typically by the end of the first night, the lights go down, everyone clocks out of work and things start to open up a little bit. You see less of the cardboard cutouts because people are becoming themselves again. Sure. They're 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 going out to dinner. They're driving around. They're talking with like they're walking their dog or they're 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 taking their tie off in their in their uh, hotel room before they go out. And then at the very end of the movie where Barbara is on the bus, like driving back to the airport, presumably to go to the next hop of her tour group or whatever, it's the exact same path she went coming into the city as she's going out, but it's completely different. Now the streets are just alive that like where like everybody is doing something. She sees like, she's noticing all the small things happening that have arguably been around her this entire time, but she was too busy being afraid to notice what's going on. Gotcha. And it's
0: so like, it's just so
2: heart touching to me. <laughs> that's pretty cool.
0: That, that is actually, that's really cool. I hadn't even thought of that. That's kind of perfect. So He went to a, he took a plane trip and spent a weekend at a conference in Chicago or something and was like, you know what? I need to make a, I need to make a movie that will bankrupt me based on this experience.
2: Yeah. And like, it makes me really sad because like, I'm a huge fan of this movie. So I I bought like the box set. Criterion has a Blu-ray box set because I don't even, I'll, I'll go into the, the background of like why that is the way that it is in a second. But, um. I was interested to see all of his other movies and I haven't watched them. None of them hit quite the same way. I I think this movie is like the perfect mix of social commentary in the first half Mm -hmm. uh, and then kooky hijinks comedy in the second. No, uh, because, because Monocle is like, all that it, it's trying to be comedy, but it like a lot of its comedy is way too like superficial in order, and it keeps like bouncing around. It's it's not like it's not unified in direction like this movie is. OK. And whereas Monsieur Hulot's Vacation and uh or yeah, Monsieur Hulot's Vacation, that's more of like a straight comedy. Highly recommended that as well. But yeah. that can be another episode. Who cares? The closest thing to this is, is actually Jure de fait, his very first movie, but that is also, like, real rough. He 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 uh, he shot it on both black and white and color film because at the time color film was so new, he didn't know if any of the film processing labs in France would be able to process the film that he oh shot. Oh, gosh. And he was right. They couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so is the movie in black and white? The, mo- the movie is in black and white. Uh, the Criterion release, though, does have a restored, like, they found the, the original color process, prints and they did try like did a okay job sure color like restoring that but like that that's a thing that you can have now that's that's cool that that even exists
0: so that makes me think there is another thing i read about this this is one of those things that i think the story behind it and the the story of the person behind the art is for me more interesting than the art itself this film, he wanted, not only did he film in that like 70 millimeter, because the film just looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, he wanted it to look like a black and white film, not in black and white. So all the colors are oh. grays and washed out and light blues. And then as the film goes on, mm-hmm. they add more and more color yep. to it to kind of go along with that thing. Where you're saying like, as everybody kind of wakes up out, yep takes their tie off and starts partying, they start coming alive and you start to see the real color of the person. There's so many like metaphors within metaphors, like baked into this. It's like a seven
2: layer movie. It's like, eh. so
0: So not only is it doing this really interesting storytelling from the outside looking in, but at the same time, it's, it's using color theory in a way that honestly, I don't even know if, Anyone would understand other than him saying like, oh, hey, did you notice that it was like kind of a black and white film in the beginning? And as everybody starts coming alive, there's more and more color color. added to it.
1: Sure. Yeah. The only other time that I can really think of color uh, being as impactful would be one Wizard of Oz and then two Mm. would be the Matrix. Okay. Okay. Because with the Matrix, they basically everything in the Matrix, they purposely put a very green hue. Yeah, the, like it. that
2: CRT yeah. phosphor uh-huh.
1: green. And then when they were out in the real world, they put a very blue hue on everything.
0: Oh, the Sixth Sense. Oh, yep. That oh, that's right. Because he has like uh, certain colors are only represented like when Bruce Willis is in yeah. the scene. And folks, spoiler alert. Bruce Willis is a ghost in that movie. So <laughs> what?
2: Oh, ruining it. You're ruining cinema Thor. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: with, um, with this, this movie and Tati's other movies, as far as the cinematic style or directing style, were they kind of similar?
2: Yeah. Uh, he, he really likes to kind of just take a step back okay. and just let the scene happen. Um, Apparently, uh, his like he was a performer like in like the European equivalent of like the vaudeville era. So like uh, he's like trained in that. He also was like uh, trained in like miming as well. Okay. So a lot of like the 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 uh, nonverbal like physical comedy stuff comes from that. That makes sense. Um, there's actually a, another really interesting movie that I have not watched yet. It's on my list called The Illusionist from 2010. Uh, oh, that's with Ed Norton. Uh no, not that.
0: Oh, you're thinking the Prestige. No, right?
2: there is another. There is another movie called The Illusionist with, with Ed, Ed Norton. Norton and Paul Giamatti and yes. Jessica Biel. But this is completely different. this This was an animated movie made by the same studio that did Triplets of Belleville, if you know that. Which is like an like a, it's a it's a kind of like somewhat notable French animated feature. Okay, but like then it, it, the whole premise of this movie is kind of like going through his. Early life before he got into um, cinema, basically, because, you know, being a French performer in like that era, he got up to some stuff. And maybe (laughs) maybe like he I think I want to say like there was he was accused of like abandoning, like fathering and abandoning a daughter. And like the film kind of explores that. Hmm. And like it's apparently a really big sore subject that like his surviving daughter that, you know, who is arguably the only reason why we have his movies today um like it was
0: the middle of the 20th century that was just normal dad shit well yeah abandoning but like, children to go yeah, live your dream but like
2: it's still like a That's sore what subject did it's a sore <laughs> subject apparently because apparently the like the, the movie tries to disney it a bit and like make it like pull punches when in actuality was a lot worse than okay, i think okay, gotcha, what gotcha. would actually happened
0: <laughs> gotcha
2: um so I'm just, I'm super excited to see that though because yeah. if you if you've ever seen like the, go, the audience go out and like watch the trailer to Triplets of Belleville and you will see why that animation style 100% makes perfect sense for a Jacques Tati movie. Yeah. Also watch this movie first. Just watch all of his movies. <laughs> just watch all <laughs> the movies. Watch all the movies everybody. <laughs>
1: watch all the movies. I'm I'm intrigued in checking out some of the other films based on this one. But so so what what was it about this one that um like ruined his career. Was it just simply the bankruptcy?
2: Yeah. It, it was the fact that he, he he bet big on it. It took forever to make. And then when it came out, it made none of its money back. Like audiences did not pick up what he was putting down with Which this. Which is
0: all. kinda hilarious. Like for such a he's obviously a brilliant person. All 100%. the saying, all the things that are in this Unquestionable. He's obviously incredibly brilliant in one sense. But it didn't occur to him that like Most people are too stupid to get this.
2: Well, and not even... (laughs) And honestly,
0: had it not been for reading this, had it not been for talking to you, Brinker... I would look at this and I'd be like why am I watching this this is the stupidest thing I've ever I've ever seen short of there's a couple bits that I think are pretty funny you, you have to be
2: in the right like a receptive mind frame and like and, and like and like, Mike said active watching active mm-hmm. watching isn't oh I had a hard day at work I just want to sit down turn my brain off and be entertained it's no I want to I want to sit down with something and just dis- like disassemble it with my mental fork and knife and consume it yeah i want to internalize it i want to understand why not just what is happening but also why yeah and that is even today that is still a very rare thing to happen like like we haven't we as a society or just a species have not really (laughs) progressed all that much since this time to the point where people most people don't consume media that way that's that's kind of like a, a thing that only weirdos do
0: Sure, yeah. I mean, no, we want 10 minutes of a girl with no arms shoving food in her face with her feet. <laughs> <laughs> Something you can turn your brain off to, Baker. <laughs> that. Then-
2: my, I, my girlfriend likes watching ASMR videos uh, on TikTok, uh, and I just die a little bit inside yeah. every time I see her doing it. <laughs> There's, um Love you, honey.
1: <laughs> There's a stupid TikTok ad that will show up every now and then when I'm looking at uh, videos on YouTube, and it's this dude who's just whispering into the microphone. Yep. I hate it. Yeah, I yep. hate it so much. <laughs> I hate ASMR so much.
2: Now, now, the real question is, do you hate it from an artistic perspective, or do you hate it just because of the tingly way it makes you feel?
1: I think the tingly way it makes me feel. Like, it, <laughs> it makes
2: me want to strangle a cat.
0: Mike, it makes you, me want to go gummo. You, do you hate, like, odd sounds? Because um, a lot of people find AS... Well, there's, like, a couple... There's, like, people who find it, like, kind of comforting. Yeah, oh yeah. And then there's people who are sexually aroused by it. Also, unfortunately, Yes. <laughs> I'm and then of those. I think there's people who are just like, it makes them feel like their skin crawl. It makes them uncomfortable. Yeah, it's yeah. more of the
1: skin crawl. That's thing. the camp
0: I'm in. See,
1: that's how I feel about popping open a nice soda can and dropping some soda into a glass filled with ice.
0: That's bullshit. That's not ASMR. That's bullshit. And you're insane. It's the same sound. <laughs> We've been it's, over it's this. The worst sound in the world. Brinker. So Micah hates. <laughs> okay. If you, like he said. Impartial you got a big. You here. got a big glass full of ice. Yep. You pop a soda can. Yep. And then pour it in there. And yeah. he hates that sound. The he the, said he. We one time did the James Lipton ten questions on here, and he said that his least favorite sound in the world. I hate that sound so
2: much. Which which one? are like I've already established, there's three sounds.
1: Yeah, it's it's the combination of it's primarily. The hitting, foaming, and kind of like wrapping around the ice. Okay. All of that, like th- th- whipping. Interesting. I hate it. Were you not that hugged
0: enough as a child? What is wrong with you? It's such a good sound. I, I,
1: I don't know, but I hate that sound.
2: I mean, personally speaking, I understand why you might be apprehensive towards. It. Hey, it's a strong word to me. I because like if when I hear that sound, I know I have to be on my A game, otherwise I'm going to spill soda head all over the fucking <laughs> counter. <laughs> So,
1: I'll let you know how much it affects me. Okay. It affects me so much that there is a Regal Theaters- next to us oh i know where this is going i think and
2: it's a good movie theater Uh there's also
1: a competitor movie theater
2: yep guess which one i don't go to the one that plays the big ad at the beginning of every movie that has that sound (laughs)
0: exactly (laughs) you can't just cover your ears for a second no it's in dolby atmos (laughs) it's specifically designed to rattle your brain (laughs) i hate
2: so
1: much Oh, I hate it so much.
2: So, yeah,
1: that's where I'm at on on ASMR stuff. And I feel like that is just like cream of the crop ASMR to me. I don't know if it actually falls under that category, but to me it does.
2: <laughs> Amazing.
1: Yeah. So so anyway,
2: so, uh, I'm, bringing, we? I'm bringing the big beyond caring energy to the podcast tonight. <laughs> <laughs> We've diverted from, from mukbangs to ASMR hissing. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's yeah.
0: What what were we discussing? We, I think we were talking about how it bankrupted him.
2: Yes, yeah, I believe we were. Yeah, it bankrupted. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so like so much to the point where like he really didn't have a career afterwards. He he made two movies. I uh, um they're called uh, Traffic and Parade. Okay, um, I've seen Traffic pretty good i would say it's about on the same level as mon uncle, but like I, I laughed more at traffic than i did mon uncle okay there is still some undertones of criticism there but they're much more tamped down it's also a much smaller scale because it was commissioned by a uh, dutch television station i think oh okay um but still pretty it, it's, it's worth a watch um i have not seen parade yet though and i'm i'm, I'm interested to see how because apparently like as i understand parade is literally just him uh, being the master of ceremonies to a recorded performance of a circus. And then, but he does like the Tati thing where he shows you just as much of the audience reacting to the circus as the circus itself. Oh. Which is on paper, incredibly French. Don't know if I'll like it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes sometimes that is a very effective thing to do though in,
1: in cinema where you, I mean, you do it in almost every single horror film where you don't see the monster, you see the reaction. Right. You, um, But also just, when you see the awe and wonder, um, the reaction, sometimes you're like, Wow, that's kind of cool. And I, I could definitely see him doing that based on just kind of the vibe and the hey, look at all of these um things that people have done. Look at the social commentary mm-hmm. on humanity. That that seems something that he would do. Yeah. Yeah. That might be interesting
2: yeah i'm 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 interested to i'll report back when okay. i when I get to that or also if either of you want to borrow my blu rays, you're more than welcome to do so
1: okay thor I'll
2: pass it's fine <laughs> uh, no judgments i'm like i i brought i brought like ironically enough I brought like the most French movie possibly ever oh, made. Yeah. And like I like I I have such a contentious relationship with the French. all that was
0: missing was like a soundtrack by Django Reinhardt. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> like all like, that's missing from ce- it.
2: Or scenes where like they filmed it upside down or something stupid like that. Sure,
0: yeah.
2: Um, because I, I, I took I took a film history course. I don't know if I don't know if you could t- pick up on on that. <laughs> I'm a film literate listener. <laughs> what? <laughs> where we watched Godard movies and oh man, like because um, like. On one hand, I understand like most French directors, I understand what they're doing. The problem is they belabor the point ten times longer than what they need to, and I understand because they're they m- most other French directors do know that the audience is nothing but a bunch of ravenous animals that don't deserve their work. <laughs> so so they try to belabor the point ten times just to hammer it home. But I'm there, I'm like, man, I came to you. Like I like, why are you being so aggressive and angry at me? I gave you money. I want to see your art. <laughs> So like Tati is the first French director that I've experienced that is like, no, look like look at all this cool stuff. Come play with me. Yeah. Let's let's go let's, let's go around Walk in Paris. Let's watch a guy like get lost in a cubicle maze and just and witness how efficiently inefficient modern offices are. <laughs>
1: yeah, and it was cool too, because with that cubicle scene, you're he's looking down on the cubicles. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing what all of these people are doing in private. But You know, to to us, it's not in private because we can see everybody doing everything. I think
0: he was a peeping Tom, honestly, (laughs) because, okay, you get. Yeah, you get to see this like secret look into the cubicles, actually. And a lot of the scenes in the beginning are filmed from like through. It looks like you're looking through glass from the outside looking in. A lot of the film feels like that. If I had to guess. Micah
1: just broke his microphone. It's fine. It's fine. He didn't break it. He just toyed with it to the
2: point where it fell off the table. That's <laughs> what happened. Yep. So I'm just holding it for the rest of the show. No, I'm
0: looking at it. It fully broke. Oh. The part where it clips on, fully broke. No,
2: no, no <sighs> that, that, That's not. You, you torque it down. I, I have this exact same amount now. Oh, it's okay. fine. All right. All right. We'll be fine.
0: We'll be fine. In any case, Tati peeping Tom, that's a fact. Verified by that's me. A fact.
1: <laughs> So, all right. So, Brinker. Yeah. Who is this movie for? If if somebody like because we are, um, like I think that I'm probably higher on the scale with this or the rating mm-hmm. than Thor, maybe. Okay. Maybe we'll find out soon with ratings. But, um, who is this for? Who is it not for? Like, if you're not into this, then don't check this out.
2: Um, I would say if if you are if you th- if you identify as somebody who is just interested in cinema or a movie buff, um, this movie is 100. percent You should watch this movie at least once. Like I, like Zach Zach Bolton, uh, I IMD, am of IMdZ oh. fame. He needs to watch this movie. Yeah, he would probably. F- fucking love this film um
0: <laughs> uh, i love the disdain in your voice for one of our closest friends
2: <laughs> is that how you talk about me when i'm not in the room uh, uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's okay i deserve it <laughs> um no um i would say uh like m- most teenagers and younger people would like despite the fact that like as Thor said, or, or Micah, or I forget who. Uh, this is like a Where's Waldo book of a movie. Despite the fact that that's like typically younger person entertainment, I don't think they have like the attention span to, to like sit down and want to enjoy something like this. Yeah, um, I would say anybody, anybody who kind of wants to to just see something they have never seen before and probably will never see again that that would be a pert like if you think you if you would describe yourself as that you owe it to yourself to sit down and watch this movie once yeah it, and if and if it if it hits you great watch it as many times as you want i'm on viewing number five and still finding cool and interesting and funny stuff that i like i'm just utterly joyed at every time i, I find a new thing um but if at the same time like if you watch this movie and at the very end you're like 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 what you guys was like, I was kinda alienated and like I didn't like how I had to keep like whatever. Yeah, that's fine, not for you. Move on. We live in a unparalleled age where almost a century or more's worth of media exists specifically to entertain us. If you don't like it, move on. But at least give it the chance.
0: Sure. Yeah, I would say I think if you're somebody who really appreciates art. And, like, when you're going to see a movie or what whatever you're experiencing, if you are truly interested in art and kind of dissecting stuff, this has a ton of stuff. I mean, once again, we're recording a conversation we already had a big majority of, so I feel like we kind of missed some of the good stuff we had talked about. Yeah, A big piece is there's so much social commentary here, and it's not mm. done in a way through dialogue. It's kind of done through just the uh, the situations that are appearing. The
2: mise-en-scene, yeah. I believe, as they say. It's the visual communication. There's a lot
1: of things that they show you that tells you the commentary without people saying, hey, man, it really sucks that we've got these skyscrapers yeah. up instead of, you know, cafes.
0: Yeah, instead or- they do these beautiful scenes where you see a glass door, and as it closes, you get to see the Eiffel Tower in the background. Or
2: the Arc de Triomphe. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: whatever that thing is. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a large arch. It's that big arch that there's like whenever there's a f- action movie. I know in the France.
0: Statue of Liberty. God damn it.
2: <laughs> and actually, I, I do want to like piggyback on that. Uh, two things. One, if you're the, t- uh, I would also rec- this, recommend this movie to anyone who wants to train themselves to like be an art appreciator. Sure. Because this like if you sit down and watch this movie and like multiple times, it will train you to like notice things. Um, but is, more importantly Kind of get to get a little more uh, Heartfelt for a moment um, I think the other reason why I identify So strong with this movie and I love it so much Is unlike all of his other Movies which are either like idle Kind of fantasy in the case of Vacation or like harsh, critis- or harsh Criticism in the way of Mononcle this is the only movie Of his that I've seen so far Where there's kind of a happy ending So hmm. at, at the end of Vacation the vacation's over. Hulo goes home. Yeah. At the end of Mon like, there it's kind of like, oh, yeah, the son and the father finally bond over something, but like, there's still all of the criticism of the fact that we're uh, bulldozing over the old world to make way for the new is kind of left undressed. This is the only movie that I've seen of his where it, the first half is it criticizing the modern world that we've built for ourselves, but the last half shows people living in it and flourishing, it it's it it shows that like no it, even even despite the fact that we are killing our history and killing like the, the 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 things that came before us that made us what we are, we are defining new things that define what the next generation will be. And people people will always be people, no matter what scenario. Like they could, we could put them on Mars, we could put them in a closed steel box, and people would. F- be people. Yeah. <laughs> like, we would find things to talk about, find things to be angry, find things to be petty, find things to be happy. Like, and it's, there's something kind of beautiful in my eyes to that. I would agree with that. Yeah. That is kind of a nice sentiment.
0: Yeah, it does end on, like, this almost hopeful note. And at the very end, because you have, um, what's her name again? Barbara? Barbara, Barbara. Yeah. yeah. She leaves, and she gets on a bus, and, like, that final scene is, uh, like, the carousel of cars, mm-hmm. where it's just... It is. It's showing like this top-down scene of a a very busy roundabout in Paris, and at 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 one point, it's kind of showing you two things. Like there is a bit of silliness to this fact that it's just people driving around in circles, kind of like a metaphor of like we're what are we doing? Pretty obvious, (laughs) yeah. But at the same time, it's also incredibly beautiful. Oh yeah. Um, well, and even uh, there, I think there's I think, just so many layers to it, and I think,
2: and he, also like when she looks at the the little gift that she has at the end, and it's just the little plastic flowers that came with her her shawl, and then she looks out, and the street lights are the exact like oh, and, yeah in the exact same arrangement of the flowers. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it, it gets me right here. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was a cool scene.
0: Yeah, it has this like hopeful, almost this like hopeful note towards yeah. the end,
2: and yeah. like I. Uh, I think that especially in in the modern era that we live in, where like we are reminded constantly of all the things that are going wrong and all the things that are bad in the world, having something that just lets you like, yes, there are things to be angry about. There are things that you should criticize, but also you're here. Your friends are here. Enjoy it. <laughs> sure. Like, I think that's a really important message today. Yeah, I would agree
1: with that 100%. For sure, yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't be angry all the time. Uh, I mean, you can't, it's, it's unhealthy. Yeah.
2: I mean, you oh. can't, you definitely can, but yes. Yes. you should not.
1: <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> all right. Well, we are at that time where we rate and recommend. So Thor, actually, Brinker, we need a, we need a, uh, a rating scale.
0: Um, Mm, It can be
1: it can be whatever you want it to be a scale of
0: one to ten, one to one hundred, one to whatever you want. Yep. And then some random item or uh, a concept
2: in some way. All right. uh, I'm going to go on a scale of one to ten. How how long are Jacques Tati's trousers for you on this movie? <laughs> do they do they fit properly or much like the character of Monsieur Hulot are they just a little short for his build
1: <laughs> so in this scenario is a is a 10 a good or a bad 10, ten is properly fitting trousers okay 10 is properly fitting trousers
2: and one is uh, Japanese hot pants that no man should ever wear Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: well in that case um, <laughs> you know honestly I think I'm I'm gonna go with a seven on this guy Um I, I say that because I feel like the film is smarter than me, hmm. and I want to experience it again, despite not wanting to experience it again, if, I, if I that makes any
2: sense. That makes perfect sense, and I think that is probably some of the best—that uh, is the best compliment I've ever heard you talk about any recommendation that I've given you in my entire <laughs> life, and I'm going I'm going to take that with me to the bank. <laughs> <All right.
0: laughs> All right. On a scale no pressure, of <laughs> one to ten, well-fitting trousers. I think I'm a little bit lower. I think I'm a six. Okay. I think I'm going to go six. Honestly, had we had I not looked into this a little bit, had we not talked about it, I'd probably be at like a three. Interesting. <laughs> Just solely on the back of com- the comedy of it. That's
2: very. This is one to me. I
0: I really do I think. And admittedly, I am somebody who I love the story of a thing. I love the thought of a thing Mm -hmm. and I love an artistic endeavor. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm going to go six out of 10 in that I love everything this movie is doing. I can't criticize any of the way it was executed. I I think it's a brilliant thing, but honestly it's just tough to watch Mm -hmm. for me. I just found it very, it's very slow. You have to be fully focused on it Mm -hmm. and it's just, I don't I feel like it drags a lot and, and especially a lot in the of that, first half. Yeah. Yeah. So and then when it's not dragging, it's anxiety inducing. <laughs> so I think I'm six out of 10. I would definitely recommend this to other people in the same way that you said, like, give it a shot. Watch it once. I think it's definitely worth a watch. Yeah. Is it something I'm going to put on again? Probably same. I'm kind of right there with you, Mike, where I'm like, I don't really want to watch this again. But I think I'm gonna. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it,
2: it has that allure. Like, cause you,
0: you, like, you, and maybe it'll get higher. I yeah. mean, honestly, I could see myself being like, okay, I think I need to watch it again. Like,
2: I, I honestly, that's kind of what I was expecting from, from like both of you of like a, a lower initial rating. And then as we talked about, and you're like, oh, God, yeah, there is a lot going on here. Mm. Or, and like, just, just because like, it's so rare to have a piece of art like this where, Your opinion of it can be completely changed just by talking about it.
0: Dude, that happens quite often on this show. We do that a lot where I come in thinking, like, okay, I hated this. Yeah, I come in thinking (laughs) I hated this. And then once we talk about it, I'm like, oh my God, I actually really liked it. Really? Yeah, Blade Runner is a perfect example.
2: I love Blade Runner so much.
0: I didn't really enjoy it that much. But then once we talked about it, I was like, it's
1: incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I actually wanted to recommend the second Blade Runner to Thor. Because I felt like he would enjoy that more But I couldn't recommend that Right after, yeah you, but, Well, but like I didn't want to recommend him the first one Because I didn't think that he would care for it mm. But I was like, I can't recommend you the second one Because it piggybacks so you much
2: You really need to have yeah.
1: the first one <laughs> Yeah, you really need
2: So um, I'll recommend the Barbie movie Because that's basically uh, uh, my my uh, Your daughter's first uh, Blade Runner movie <laughs> <laughs> It even has Ryan Gosling in it <laughs> Think about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yep. I'm, uh-huh. I'm seeing it.
2: Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: So so with this movie, I think that if I were... Something that really, really intrigued me is that if I were to watch this just 100%, no, no context, and we weren't doing it for a show, I think that I would investigate it so much because it's so different than anything that I've seen. And the fact that I looked at it, watched it, I was like, why is this... Recognized so high hmm. in cinematography. Like yeah. people who love movies love this movie. Yeah, there mm-hmm. are
0: multiple lists that yeah. rank this among the top hundred, top fifty movies of all time ever made. Yeah. So I think Right up there with Tank League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, <laughs> this is right up there, according to those people. I
1: well, know I'm watching tonight. <laughs> um yeah. That, so those are the number one and two movies for uh, all people, right? All people. I mean... <laughs> Sean, if, Sean Connery went out with a banger.
2: And only... so you could, There's there's only certain movies that can pull off the mastery of putting iced tea in a kangaroo costume.
0: That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> true. <laughs>
2: um, so, yeah, I think that I
1: would naturally want to investigate this more, mm-hmm. which doesn't happen very much with movies. Um, so, I... I th- I do think that I probably subconsciously like it more than what I think I like it. And
2: then probably with time, you, I'll,
1: I'll realize that I like it more. When,
2: when you if, if you do go back to it, I suspect you will have a similar experience for, to me where like you're you're in that first watch phase where you're like something's here. And I haven't like I haven't gone on my personal journey mm-hmm. yet to discover why. I want to keep watching this, but I'm going to keep doing it and I'm going to figure it out. Sure. And then, like I said, around viewing three is when it (laughs) hit me. Uh, All right. Well, with that being said, crew, did you
1: watch Playtime? Did you check this show out? This show? It's a movie. It's a French film. Um, Also, anybody from France listening? I want to hear your thoughts. Mm. i prefer you to talk to me in English, but Google um, translates a thing. It's easy. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You know what? Talk to me in French. I'll Google translate it. Um, You know, just I'll make your life easier. You're already living in France. So. Mm. (laughs) uh, So so with that being said, you know, tell us what you thought about it. Um, If you have any recommendations on your own, especially if you're from France, um, send them to us. We love to watch and just consume the randomness. Um. yeah so with that
0: Thor next week what's happening you did it again what I do if you want to recommend something to us follow us and contact uh, us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Facebook and Instagram or you can contact us directly via email at Get Podcast at gmail.com garrickpod at gmail.com that's g-i-t-r-e-c-d-p-o-d at gmail.com all righty michael what's up next week yeah so as i was saying what
1: what what are we doing next week is it mccrary uh dick tracy it's dick tracy okay
2: oh hell yeah oh i'm so excited (laughs) i love dick tracy so much it's such a bad movie but it looks so good (laughs) that's right
1: folks we're getting into dick tracy uh, the 30 Warren, seconds, no more dick. <laughs> <laughs> the Warren Betty film with all of the facial plaster
2: God, and love it uh, makeup. Every, uh, every actor in that movie is monstrous and horrifying.
0: It's
1: <laughs> such an
2: awesome
0: movie <laughs> from the mid-90s. This is one of those that I saw when I was a kid. Yeah. And like, I know that I saw it, but I remember nothing about it other than the guy in the trench coat. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's literally all I remember. Like, I have a... (laughs) That's all that Warren Betty Betty remembers, too. But I have (laughs) no other idea about this movie. Yeah,
1: so this is just... It's one of those movies that has a weird... To me, it has this weird... um, I don't know, this charm to it. It just has a charm to it. It's kind of over the top. It's a bit ridiculous. It's
2: another movie that, like... (sighs) It's another movie like playtime where like the whoever made it was just operating on a completely different wavelength <laughs> to what business and normal people want yeah yeah did Warren Betty direct this film I he might have I think he was involved in it so fun fun bit of tidbit of uh, film trivia on uh, that Warren Betty still owns the film rights to Dick Tracy of course he does and he hosted I think it was an AMC or a TBS movie night as Dick Tracy. In, like, t- the mid-2000s oh. to try and convince people that, like, the time to strike for Dick Tracy 2 was now. <laughs> it's amazing. I've got to watch that.
1: I've got to look at that. I think so, it's on YouTube somewhere. Okay. Yep. I'm tracking that down.
0: So <laughs> All next. right. So, I have it on Wikipedia. Okay. Warren Beatty produced, directed, and starred in the film. Oh, I knew yeah. It. All
1: right. Okay. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So, we're going to get into that gem next week. Thorai... Um, I, I I want you to know something up front Just because last time you watched a movie For this show with Al Pacino You didn't realize Al Pacino was in it So Al Pacino's in this movie Just throwing
2: that out you, there You will notice that though Yeah you will You will It's, it's not young Al Pacino It's very Al Pacino Al And Pacino. the prosthetics they put on him Only make him look more like Al Pacino <laughs> <laughs> Alright Brinker
1: Thank you so much
2: for coming to thank the show Thank you for having me It has been very Um relieving re- relaxing yeah satisfying to put like t- word these words and my feelings of this movie to print or I can't say sell it to, to an mp3 file sure and distributed yeah. on the world wide web <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and that's that's why we have this show because we love things and then sometimes we just don't have anybody to talk about it yeah. or talk to about it so yeah, dude. Uh, awesome recommendation. Regardless of the ratings
2: that came from it, it was an experience to say the least. Honestly, like the, I use the trouser length metaphor because, much like Tati's pants, you don't need to have the trousers covering the whole way. Because if they're a little short, you can show off the socks. Ah, okay. <laughs> right. I
0: love a good. So- I love a good
1: dress sock. Yep. So, uh, as always, folks. Until next time. As always. Until next time.
0: Shit. Hold on.
1: As always, folks. No, you say until next time. Oh, so until next time, folks. You're leaving us in, right? Of course we are. (laughs) Until next time, folks. As always, you get wrecked out there. Stay wrecked. (sighs) I wish I had something French and clever to say to end this episode.